She you gave a, you the meat of the I sandwich without the bread. I gave you two meats without bread. I'm going to have to work extra hard to get you to forgive me. Oh, this is going to be a great podcast. Can't wait to <laughs> talk. Let's get started. Yeah, let's get started. Actually, right. I don't sound loud enough to myself. You're loud. Turn my You're sexy loud voice up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can hear you, Beth. I like Wanna Bomb. Oh, yeah. Are we rolling, Russell? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to take a beer sip to start this one off. Welcome, everybody, to episode number six. Man, for those that haven't listened to our first five podcasts, we actually took a huge hiatus, like a couple weeks in between. And I don't want to get into the minutia of it, but we have been working on making some major upgrades here in the podcast studio where we do video follows audio. I will spare you the details of tech geek stuff. We're still in the weeds of it, but we are here live. It's a little bit different today because I'm looking at a beautiful girl across the table from me. Say hi, Jennifer. Hi. Jenny, Jen, Jennifer, is our neighbor and our friend, and we hang these with her quite a bit. She's replacing Rex because Rex got fired after last episode's five <laughs> podcast. No, he, he was fired, hired, and then he quit. So, yeah, a lot of Quantum Bombs drama going on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Rex is actually, you know, he's an unexploded ordinance technician, and he's out on a job in another state, so he's having fun without us. Oh, but anyways, it feels good to be back live. We've made some changes. Um, and yeah, how are y'all doing? I'm doing great. I had a beer, so it ought to be a good podcast. Yeah, this is our first podcast to actually try to drink on, and I'm going to eat some sunflower seeds. And we're not having nothing too tightly planned for us, but I'd like to think we could jump into the weeds. While we're talking about stuff, while we're talking about Rex, I've got one, one quick ob- observation about Rex I would like to point out. Okay. You know, he can watch this. I of hope course. he does. Uh, <laughs> but um, so Rex is a, an explosion expert, explosives expert, uh, ordinance. Unexploded ordnance, Unex- unexploded ordnance technician. Was it, which is a fancy way of saying he's a bomb expert, and he's a self-proclaimed bomb expert. He would phrase that differently, but I'm saying he's not denying that he's a bomb expert, and he's also come on the show live and expressed his disdain for the elites being happy if we were dead and uh, their depopulation program, <laughs> and then he gets fired slash quit slash. <laughs> rehired then quit from quantum bombs and then and no, georgia then he disappears forever and now the georgia guidestones were, were blown, blown up, up in a way that were very professionally done like yeah. it wasn't like an amateur job right and rex is nowhere to be found i'm just saying like you can con- connect some dots and that that's all well, I, I checked the Ooh. magazine paperwork and nothing came from me <laughs> <laughs> magazines guys is where uh Matt stores his explosives. He keeps that tight and keeps it legal. Yeah. To the T. Did you bring snacks? I did. I brought um, sunflowers. Great. So we have to listen to you eat? Not only that, I spit them out during, you know, because no. it's sunflower seeds. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Going down fast. All right, Russell, did you want to kick us off with current topics? Today we're doing surprise current topics and chit chat because we're just keeping this one simple and easy. I can I can read you a couple of headlines. Um, oh man, actually have some gifts. Um, what were you all manning about? Well, I completely for, so for like two or three podcasts now, I brought gifts, actual gifts, physical gifts, like G I F F S, like on G-I-F-T. the internet. Yeah, like a oh, present Santa Claus. Oh, yeah, wow. and and they were in my bag, and I was like, and I, when she said, I, anyway, I completely wow, forgot. Blum sweet man. Well, the gifts for us or. Okay, that's a tender side right there. Yeah, keep that a surprise. I like that. 
So uh, Sri Lanka overthrew their president. The Dutch farmers are protesting. But not only the Dutch farmers, like um, other European countries are now inspired. So their farmers are taken to the streets with their tractors. Um, Trump's first wife got hit by a staircase in gravity. <laughs> um, Leah Thomas was nominated Woman of the Year. Who's that? Does a man? A swimmer? Well, you don't want to get. You don't want to say that. That's like well, what you're not supposed wait, to. Wait, well, I'm just dead saying because everything's so stupid now. Biologically, someone who has the hormones of a biological male that is competing in sw- swimming and doing really well. You was, just dead named her by yeah, calling canceled. her a man. What does that, does that mean? Dead, dead naming yeah. is like El, okay. So Ellen Page, I actually sorry, I did not intend to dead name her. I'm just trying to make a point. Is Elliot Page, but if I've referred to her as Ellen Page, it's dead naming her because that's her old identity. This is all mental masturbation. It's crazy. None of this stuff makes any sense. Findings reveal nearly 400 officers were at the Uvalde Elementary School. Oh, that this was a really. Nothing. That was a pretty cool thing to. Well, not cool. Uh, wrong word. Dang it! I'm off to a good start. Wrong word. No, I don't know if y'all have seen the uh, the like 60 second reels going through Instagram of, of the actual Uvalde footage and how the cops just hung out. Some sanitized their hands. Some checked their phone. Now, one of them. You believe that? There's not that many cops in like big cities. Wait a second. What? Say that again. Four hundred what? The headline is uh, findings reveal nearly four hundred officers were at Uvalde Elementary School as police waited and did nothing to confront the gunman. That's like twenty five percent of our town's population. Well, okay, yeah. So Uvalde guys is a really small town here in Texas, but when we just had a fire the other day, we had twenty different volunteer fire departments come from all around. So I guess within about two hours, yeah, I'd believe 400 drove in from everywhere. But the problem was, is none of them acted like policemen, not only policemen, any normal adult human being with programming in them would run in and save children without even arm arm. I don't know anything about it. But anybody at the table not run it. You didn't see the reel. It's okay. It's now live footage from the, I sent it to you on your Instagram messages. I mean, I'm kind of, okay. So, Oh, whatever you watch in, he's on Instagram all the time online. Just look him up, guys. Matt Barnett, check him out during the day. He's online all the time. I'm kidding. Under Ed Bonetti, boom. No, I'm kidding. But that's uh, my personal one. I Thanks wanna, for throwing that out there. I do want. I want to like. Which one do you plug? Impresario Camp. Which he, one do I follow? You would probably, probably all, all three of them. them. He's got one for his Airbnb and all kinds of stuff. But back to the point is that there is a video. Y'all can find it. I think it's at uh, Liberty Austin. At least is where I saw it. And it's a video, so we're not, like, debating if this happened. And sadly, so the cops were in there, in the hallway. You hear the pops of the guns oh going off. God. And the cops all stood there and didn't charge the room. Nobody threw up? Now, one of the cops that was on camera looking at his phone, he's actually the father. I'm mean, sorry, he's the husband of one of the teachers that was killed. And she was messaging him, I think I'm going to die or something. Oh. So he probably wanted to go what couldn't. And then, as we know, there's many other small stories of parents trying to go into the building and the cops actually handcuffing them at some point and taking them out because they wouldn't let them rush the building. So this just isn't – just so people know, the protocol for school shootings is to storm. And the protocol for police in general, period, is to protect citizens, especially children, despite – the dangers, and if you talk to any military, I mean, look at any military bros, bro guys. They're not supportive of the way they reacted. I don't know. I just I've heard a lot of stuff about it. it what do you I, think, Jenna? I don't know. I would definitely storm in there myself. So as a mom of three, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I've seen you with your kids. I know what you would do. You get a bulldozer, go through. Mama bear, and I would tackle somebody. I would tackle them cops. So <laughs> people, people like you are being arrested. It, like, uh, you know, the parents that wanted to run in and do something. Yeah. Which yeah. was first denied and then later came out. Well, there was a woman that was arrested. Somehow got out of the handcuffs. Somebody unhandcuffed her, and then she apparently went and got in the school. And, and successfully got her kids out. Not just her kid. I think there were some cops down the hall or something saying, come on, come on. And, and like her and a bunch of others left. So, I mean, I, there's no point to my story in regurgitating it. I, I'm just saying I'm shocked by it. It's uh, it's pretty – actually, I do want to make one point, which I don't think is – okay. I'm not 100% sure. So since we're in a world and age where we want to call news fake or whatever, I heard this, I heard that. I'm just saying I heard this, but I'm pretty certain of it, is that the they don't say it. But the person that killed the gunman was a, what is it, a border patrolman getting his hair cut. I heard. Heard about it. Borrowed the, asked the barber, can I borrow your gun? Because, yeah, everybody's strapped with guns here. Borrowed his gun. He and the barber drove to the school. and He was the one that ended the dude's life. It wasn't the policeman that were, or I guess, from this article, one of 400 policemen waiting. It was well, a guy with a, a private citizen's gun that. I, I got an, finally had the balls and the tenacity to go in and finish it. I got a question here that's kind of important. What What is the official narrative from the police? What are they saying? Why? What is their reason for saying, hey, that's this is why we didn't go in there? They weren't safe. Yeah, I listened to the guy. It's been a while because it just boiled me up. It was two, three weeks ago. But the head dude is proudly on like all of our news channels saying – um, it was not safe for our officers to enter, which everybody's irate. Safe. There's safe. kids getting killed in there. And even worse, people that probably needed care that maybe could have lived. Say that, yeah. Safe. That's not, it's not a safe job. No. You don't go, they don't go to work every day knowing or thinking they're going to be safe all day. I mean, let me ask they, you In fact, Jennifer, they know the opposite. Yeah. Jennifer, if you know your kids are in a room with a gunman and you don't have a gun and you're not strapped at all, but you hear gunshots, what are you going to do? I'm still probably going to go in after my children. Yeah. I will find some kind of weapon. You would throw yourself in front of your kids. Yes, exactly. You might even be mama bear and go and after, run after the guy and pull his hair out, you know? Something. I know I mean, moves. Yeah. Anything. We, we become violent creatures when it comes to protecting our children. So, I don't know. I'd actually like to follow up on that on our next podcast, um, what came of Uvalde and the findings. All right, Russell, you got something on your mind? Uh, well, uh, so... A few podcasts ago, we talked about currencies, and so I wanted to bring you guys some gifts, one oh, one no. for everybody here. Oh, wow. This is very kind of you. Yeah. So, you know, I, uh, being a, a, a currency nerd, yeah, I wanted to make y'all millionaires. So what this is, <laughs> is a... Uh, well, okay, so this is in Spanish. It's a... a, a Same word shit. This is from Venezuela. Republic of Bolivarian and does Venezuela yeah. one million de Bolivares. So the reason uh the reason I like to get I used to give uh I'm a this is a ten trillion dollar in so I like the Zimbabwe ones better and the the this is a ten trillion dollar bill. I gotta remember that a lot of this is audio only. So I just gave them a one million boulevard bill, which is worthless. But I made them millionaires. So we talked about currency and we talked about hyperinflation. And when you put one of these in people's hands, it makes it real. Like right, fiat right. currencies fail, and you just keep printing money until it's worthless. But the and so I couldn't get y'all the Zimbabwe one. The reason I like the Zimbabwe one, the one hundred trillion dollar bill from Zimbabwe, it's actually more difficult to get than it was when I used to be passing them around. But uh, 
it was first it's written in English because that's like you know it doesn't ring home as much when it's in another language. When it's in English, you're like, and it has nothing. It's a dollar. It's not a peso right. or a boulevard. And uh, so it says one hundred trillion dollars. This is a ten trillion dollar uh, bill. But um, what what country is that? Zimbabwe. And another thing, it was two thousand and eight. Let's see when this show was the, printed. Show the camera. Okay, so uh, this is. Oh, I gotta keep wait, talking. Wait, to, I gotta wait, keep. What country used to be Rhodesia? Oh wow, that is pretty cool. It says ten trillion. Brazil? No, no, no. In Africa, it, oh, it was not Zimbabwe. Lord. I don't think. Maybe it is. Yeah, if Matt talks. I'll just cover Matt up. And show the dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I had a long story to tell, but I'm just not. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm just kidding. Okay, this is this one is from 2008, so it's more recent. But another reason I liked it is because 100 trillion dollars, and I want and I used to always ask people, "Do you want to know why this is the highest uh, bill? Like why there wasn't a, a larger one? Because you got 10 trillion dollars, you went to 100 trillion dollars. You know why there's not a one bigger than 100 trillion dollars? Why? No one knows what the hell's over. <laughs> <laughs> We maxed out the, the number. Well, the answer is uh, no one knows what the hell a quadrillion is, but the next one would be a quadrillion, you know? Okay. So unless they went to like, you know, they could have made a $500 trillion, maybe like a $900 trillion, but I mean, that's kind of not even a round number. But once you get past $900 trillion, you're going to have to get into the quadrillions, and no one really knows. You're, now it's just numbers no one's even heard of. Not so, coming. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Well, trillions already pushing it, you yeah, know, yeah. million, billion, trillion, and after that, no one really keeps up. Well, I, I noticed something interesting here, and, yeah, really? and I don't have a story, but I've got a question maybe to to start some conversation. But this guy, Simone Bolivar, there's a statue to him on the beach in Vieques, and I know that the people of Puerto Rico, specifically, I guess in Vieques, uh, really looked up to him. And I think there was a movie recently made about him. Do you do you remember that about the the revolutions back at and I mean, look at his uniform. I don't know if that's 1800s or what, but uh, I, I'm wondering if it was some socialist movement or whatever. I'm, From back in the day? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you knew anything about him. Simone Bolivar. No, sir. But it's definitely uh, maybe you on got, this bill. Maybe you should rehire Rex. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a historian, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rex is Later the historian. historian. Guys, episode two of our podcast actually goes over the collapse of fiat currency, where Russell does a really good case for Bitcoin. I don't know if that's when you linked aliens to being the inventor of Bitcoin. Well, it wasn't just good a good case for a cryptocurrency, but it actually explains to you, and I know you probably heard it before, but it's a really good setup of why fiat currency is dangerously sexy and dangerous for us all to put all our faith in it. Well, all fiat currencies have failed. All of them. None of them work over a long period of time. Like right now, the dollar is really strong, but... Like, well, well, hold on. Are you buying two by fours? Because it ain't strong there. That's a good point. So... It uh, if you're comparing it to other currencies, it's really strong. We reached parity with the euro, so like one dollar equals one euro. But well, wasn't that our inflation that caused that? Yeah. Well, no, it would be that. Matt had a good hamburger analogy. Yeah. Would you like for me to tell? Yeah, you? it's not too long, Beth. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I told Matt no long personal stories. So yeah, so really I'm, I'm out. It to me. Uh, but here's the hamburger story. If a hamburger was five dollars in the U.S. and you went to Europe, it would tend to be a, a ten dollar hamburger in Europe. Like uh, it, about it would be seven ten, fifty euro. Wait, wait. I'm just doing okay, generic. Okay, okay. There you go. do generic. This Sorry, guys. Generic. I'm butting out. So a five dollar, it would cost you five U.S. dollars in Texas, and that hamburger would cost you about ten U.S. dollars in Europe. But my my understanding was was that as our inflation goes up here, that five dollar hamburger becomes a a ten dollar hamburger, or maybe even a fifteen dollar U.S. dollar 
hamburger. But in Europe, theirs w- wasn't changing, and so it so you could still get that for the ten dollars, which used to be higher. But now with inflation, it's kind of equaled out. Well, I wouldn't say. Well, you have to remember they're having inflation yeah. in the euro as well, so right. it's going up in euro terms as well. So then, why why is it a great time to go to Europe right now? Because you get more euros for your dollar. Um, maybe instead of your uh, so, like, let's say it canceled it out. So instead of having actual inflation in Europe from let's say a year ago, because the dollar's strong against the euro, you basically can wipe out a year's worth of inflation in Europe. Because you get more euros for your dollar, but they still had. Remember, they're falling skydivers, and the I was the just sky, the, bring that the, up. the euro is falling faster than the dollar. Ah, uh, okay. And so you're when you go to the exchange, yeah. or let's say you're swiping your card, it's just an electronic exchange for euros. Your skydiver now yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I wanted to say that skydiving thing when you had said it. It's the dollar is doing good, and I wanted people to to picture on episode two. He explains when you hear politicians, especially, saying that the dollar is doing good. Well, they're all skydivers. They're all falling, and eventually we'll all crash and burn. They're falling faster. That's all. Our skydivers, what skinnier, so he's not falling as fast as the fatter. He, he would be. Anyways, fat. they're all gonna. We're all diving, but and we're all going down. And then I think on your burger thing, I would say for Europeans, because I could hear so many of them in my ears wanting to say, okay, their burgers are now twelve dollars, but when we and our American burgers now are really like fifteen bucks here at a normal restaurant. So True. now you're going over there and you're feeling a little bit of nice. I don't know. I didn't read that article about inflation or it being a good time to go to Europe. Well, I mean, I'm fixing to go. And- I, mean, I mean, let's say for the most part, uh, no one adjusts their – I mean, it's fair to say in Europe, a restaurant may have not adjusted their prices in the last six months. I, that's fair to say, right? It's not that unstable. Of, I have no idea. They're just as – I mean, the euro is just, just as stable as the dollar. So here, like, uh, local restaurants are going up in prices. But, I mean, it's fair to say that it's likely that they haven't changed in six months. Some of them have. Some of them haven't. The point is, like, the ones that were the same price six months ago, well, six months ago, you had a much different conversion rate on the euro. Right. So you get, like, a 10% discount than you would, and their prices haven't changed. Now, it goes back to the burger thing, yeah. Yeah. So and you're vacating. This goes with, like, the hotel. It's like, so whatever your whole vacation in Europe would have cost, you get, like, a 10% discount, maybe – Maybe a little bit more. So yeah. So Jennifer, if you're going to Greece, you might want to pre-book that. Oh, we're working on. Shoot, who knows where we'll be in a. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to? Do we want to hit back at any of those headlines, or should I jump into one of my things I wanted to talk? Well, well, I wanted to talk about um, love and dating because we've been meaning to talk more about fun topics like love and dating, and we haven't yet. And uh, on our own, sometimes my brother and I and Matt and I will talk about these deep conversations about dating. What was it's basically what was that conversation we had Russell about value adding and Jordan Peterson had the theory behind this and well uh I don't know what you're talking about but what I can say in like the current dating market what I hear a lot of people saying is that with modern dating apps like Tinder and with uh I think let's say 85% of the women on Bumble have their height settings set to i believe six foot and higher and which is like 14 percent of the men (laughs) so you've got 85 percent of the women are only are fighting for or not even looking at anyone except for 14 percent of the men that woman i mean i'll admit i got guilty as charged whereas like someone who's you know you know five seven would 
meet someone in person and maybe have a shot at dating them. But in, in the online world, they, they're not, they're just filtered out. They're filtered not even looking. Out, right. But, um, so the idea is you have a bunch of disappointed. Okay. So this affects society in a lot of different ways. Cause on the, on the, so you know what an incel is? Yeah. No. Yeah, they're, they're, you don't know what an incel is? Tell her what an incel is. So it's uh involuntary <laughs> celibacy. <laughs> So meaning that you're just this fat hood, you're never gonna get anywhere, and so you're you're an incel, you're involuntarily single. celibate. Celibate. And I don't yeah. want to laugh at that because I hate how our just yeah, it's awful. I just quick want to put that in there because I hate how our culture on television specifically writes into the dramas that like humans need sex to be cool and oh yeah, and, like especially casual sex, like that's totally not supporting that narrative. But it is funny. Well, it's not funny. I actually feel sorry for guys like that. For we women, we don't really put don't that much emphasis on casual sex. Okay, so the inv- the in- I shouldn't in- say that. Sorry for all those women out there. That's like I'm a tigress, Beth. What are you talking about? But <laughs> so the incels are the ones that are shooting up the schools and being really violent, and you know they're just they've got nothing le- left to lose. And so you're creating a bunch of school shooters with the men on the male side because of tender, and then you also have on the- a bunch of disappointed females that are chasing after the chads. And these chads are these chads are just like sorting their way through a bunch of different women having yeah. their pick of the litter, um, and and they don't realize that what women struggle to realize is that a man would be willing to sleep with them, but not date them. Oh yeah, I mean Wait, they may realize because this is the logic I wanted us to explore today. They, Wait, they so may men- they may realize that like. On its face, but like you know, when in, in real time, like you know, their emotions and their biology doesn't really tell them direct them in that way. So, uh, I guess they're willing to sleep with these chads uh, with higher expectations to to go about dating them, and I mean, it's not happening. So they're 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 disappointed. So you I think women what, are disappointed. What the internet did was fast track what already has always existed. You've always had the hierarchy of this this upper echelon of really desirable men, and all these women wanting them. I mean, this is in nature. You have the bull, and you have the main monkey, and all these different creatures, right? And, and the females want them, and then you've got the little little ones that pick up the dregs in the back. And I mean, it sucks. But the internet just sped that up because think about it. Before the internet, we had our circle of people we physically met. But now with the internet, you just put a filter in. Oh, I, I got to have a six foot four man. And I really want to hear because we're we're moving along. I want to hear what she had to say when I said about the women have uh, they don't they don't quite get or internalize that the man is willing to sleep with them but not date them. And you, you were nodding. I want to really. No, wanna... I just. I mean, I think a lot of people think that men kind of sleep around, and they just a lot of men just want that. But were you saying? About women, but the women though, like they'll still hope something more is going to happen, so they do it anyway. And I don't know, it's like uh, it's, it's this failure of communication of what yeah. you're, what you wasting their own time. I'll tell you what, it, it's um, the men are allowed to be really vague, and it's viewed as like, uh, like if you say, you know what, I'm I'm actually dating for like a, a husband, that's viewed as like being. Scaring them away, but in reality, that's just straight talk. No, so like, yeah, I'm I, I gonna. England a lot, and I hope to date and marry in England. And I was uh, on some type of um, 
I'm signed up with all these like matchmakers things, even though I haven't got to do one yet. Hope maybe this next time I go. Anyways, and it puts you, they had these like trainings or I forgot what it was, like this huge social, like number one social media lady for online dating doing this like, um, you know, like a webinar thingy where you could just listen in on a Zoom. And, um, oh man, where was I going with that? Oh no, but the number one thing, and this is for the wealthy people, right? Like these are for the people that pay about 30,000 pounds a year to get match made. You know, like these are, anyway, and they were saying, like, it really opened up my eyes. There's a ton of people out there that put their, not. I don't want to use the word expectations because it's a really not, it's not a good word, but they put what they are looking for and they're not shamed about it. So they're like, I'm looking for a serious relationship. I hope to have children. I want to be ambitious and still stay with my career. And those are all, I mean, dude, you know, you, you it's up to you if you want to waste your time or be straightforward about what you're looking for. And I think that just comes with maturity and knowing yourself and your there are men out there that are wanting that as well. So, but it is, I guess, I don't know. But the question is, why do these women who know that the man is probably not going to do that in the end, why do they still give into it? I think what it is, is they, uh, they don't want to scare them away by like saying, Hey, I'm looking for, I'm dating for marriage, which is the truth, right? Like if your goal is to get married and that's why you're dating, like, you know, they don't, so they don't want to scare them away. I guess they think like they can win them over. So well, I don't act- know. There's two women sitting here, so I don't. What's the answer? Uh, I think Russell's right. Well, just, what were you going to say, too, Jennifer? I was just going to say when I was dating, I only dated people that I mean. Once I got to know them, I if I had if I saw one thing that I was like I would not marry them, I wouldn't even have dated them. I didn't. I never casually dated. Like I just met people and got to know them, and then started going out with them and had long term relationships with them. Yeah, I think. <laughs> kind of funny like men kind of do overcomplicate us like we were talking earlier both jennifer and are really simple easy girls like we can only hit like we don't have sex with people unless emotions are involved or we're in love with them like it's real easy for us we're like we don't desire sex with random people or casual sex like that's that begs one question and that is like how many dates until emotions are involved and and that is an excellent question I mean speaking for myself it's a little bit different but i have to say this like um i've tended to only date people that I had worked with or knew beforehand in a capacity like I actually felt I knew them and I like I, that was much easier for me if you put me on a date with a stranger I shouldn't I don't want to speak it into existence let's see I'm so, not even going to speak it that it won't work but it's a lot harder but it was always easier knowing them potentially one is what I heard one date well for me it's not just emotions no. it's like I set a thing for myself if I'm not in love with them I'm not doing anything. Yeah, I pretty much the same here. And then, of course, as I got older, as an adult, the idea of love changes and it takes on different definitions. But there has to be a complete strong. But then, yes, shoot, love to me, though, right? Like my definition, looking back, my definition of love was just the honeymoon stage of of, of silly Western ideologies of what love is. Now, my now as a spiritual person. My ideology around it's totally different. And actually, I'm kind of like, I was thinking about the other day, what a conundrum dating is going to be when I try to start dating when I go over to England. I say that. I say try, guys, because I haven't dated in years. I just haven't made it a priority and done it. But um, when I do, it's going to be hard because, yeah, you're physical, you do want to have physical fun. and uh, But at the same time, that's not my priorities. Uh, my priorities is you know, probably to try to find somebody more serious to settle down with. And it, to me, it completely clouds it and gets in the way. Like I'm a spiritual person. I'm looking for a life partner that wants to expand on that with me and self-development and stuff. 
But being a horn dog and crap, that's not part of it. <laughs> it could be. That's why I'm saying it's a slippery slope. That wasn't like I was it actually having slippery. this conversation in my head like today or yesterday. Like that's going to be pretty hard, especially after like for me. I, there's it's been a, lot a long time. Of, have a lot of fun with that conversation. That's going to be hard. I think. Uh, I think what Matt said it just it amplifies uh, hypergamy or what's already happening. And uh, like, if you think about, I don't know who a uh, super popular movie star would be, have been like 50 years ago, but you could imagine John Wayne. Okay, John Wayne probably had the Clint pick. Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Okay, these guys. Uh, I think it's safe to say these guys have less access to females than, let's say, Leonardo DiCaprio, just because of the internet technology. Yeah. Yeah. So he's able to reach directly out to females on like Instagram through his Instagram, like with the blue check mark yeah. verified as him and saying, Hey, come on my yacht. And then he does that to like 20 girls. And then now you've got 20 girls that are now off the market temporarily until they get disappointed with, with him. Well, who is this? You're right. I'm just saying Leonardo DiCaprio. You're, you're, oh. So what you're he's theorizing for that. is actually, yeah, he's not sending, he's not even sending the he's actual message on Instagram, but yeah, but what you're theorizing is right. actually true. Cause I talked to a guy that was the top, one of the top, in YouTube on, in his, uh, what do you call it? His area. And, uh, I asked him, I said, you know, how are things going your love life or whatever? And he said, Oh, I just play the field. And he had a, a show that was geared mainly towards men, but he had, he told me, he goes, I've got about five to 10% that are women. He said, and anytime I go to a new town, I'll, I'll do a filter and I'll message those women and I'll, I'll look through them, pick the ones I want. He said, and, and I usually have about out of that number, I mean, this guy had millions of followers. He goes, there, there's about 20 to 50 that I'll pick from. And he says, surefire, every time I go to that town, that I end up with a couple of them. So what you're saying is 100% true, and I heard it from the guy that actually does that. So, yeah, a lot of people are um, afraid of, that the direction this is taking us. Actually, yeah, that brought well, me be. to the conversation Jennifer and I were having right before the podcast. We are talking about a friend or someone that was having a – just casual sex or whatever, and they they said uh oh something about it just being for fun or something. What was? Do you mind? I don't catch feelings. I don't catch feelings. And I said, you know, when I hear that right off the bat, I'm like, all that person, all that says to me is, I have an inner, I have an inner being that I just totally don't even know exists and completely ignoring. And um, I was telling her like, I don't buy it at all. An orgasm is 15 seconds, maybe a few times. It ain't worth the anxiety, the the time, the it takes. Like, I just don't understand when someone's like, "Oh yeah," like, and I go back to television. It's written into our our society. Like, "Oh yeah, casual sex is so cool." What whatever? Do you know how much time and effort and energy it would take? And then you have to like have the awkwardness before. You know, I'm just saying this from the story. Actually, thankfully, in my life, don't have any of this. But because Jennifer and I are good girls, we've always waited for being in love. No, I'm kidding. But. There's just so much effort that would have to go into having an orgasm. I don't buy it at all, at least on the female side when they say, oh, I'm in it for the for the sex. Like, it's it's just, no. You're There's talking about a, vibrator. a girl say it? A female Yeah, when yes. girls say yes. they're a in it for, for casual sex and they're empowering themselves. There's a good quote I was telling her. I couldn't remember it. But, like, they're, dang it, I'm going to have to find that quote. But basically, like, there is no empowerment in casual sex. You're actually, like. I think it's actually intellectually you're, draining. You're giving, like for me, it would cause me anxiety, self-hate. Um, I mean, obviously, I know that's wrong to say it that way, but like I would have so much, I would really, I don't know how I'd feel. It, it just, it's just not my plan. Well, it's like. I would, get, I, plan, man. You'd, you'd, I would feel gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it's being in the netherworld. Uh, Jordan Peterson talks about the Peter Pan analogy of when you're young, you can be anything, but you're, you're nothing. And you have to give that up for being something. But then when you're something, you can't be everything. And so when you're floating through life and you're just getting your pick of people to be sexually intimate with, you're everything, but you're nothing to no one. Uh, I, I think there's some truth to that. Uh, say say I, the first part again, the Peter Pan part. That Peter Pan uh, – Peter Pan is is the uh, child fantasy. It's like the child who who has the potential to be anything. A little, little child, 10-year-old boy, let's say, could be a scientist. He could be a teacher. He could be a trucker. He could be anything, right? But to grow up, to become a man, he has to choose something to be. But in the act of becoming something and choosing that, you have to give up that potential to be anything, that unlimited potential that children have. That That's why the, the story of Peter Pan is all about it. Peterson lays it out like Captain Hook is the adult. And Peter Pan is fighting that. He doesn't want to grow up. The, the crocodile's already got a piece of Captain Hook, and the clock is ticking. He knows mortality is coming. But but Hook is something. He's a pirate. He is one thing. Uh, whereas Peter Pan can fly and crow and lead the Lost – I mean, who the hell wants to lead the Lost Boys? You know, it's, it, Literally, their name is the Lost Boys. So we always cheer for Peter Pan. But the truth is, uh, as we grow up, we have to become the Captain Hook. So you're saying Captain Hook's the good guy. Captain Hook is, uh, at least Captain Hook is something. He chose to be something. He has a direction. He's a man. And how does that relate to sex? I'm just... I was saying that if, you, if you're out there just playing the field and, and you haven't chosen someone and you're just choosing all these people and you're not catching feelings, well, like Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, catching, yeah well, this girl's bragging that she doesn't need them. Yeah. So no, you have all this potential. I think it's but, a lack of knowing yourself. Like when I said like there's no inner being, like, I don't know, like... Sorry, I'm trying to put too many. My mind's blowing up with too many thoughts to put it together. It just acts like uh, I just don't buy it. I guess for pleasure, it's like ignoring how a woman. We have so many thoughts and feelings in our brain, right? And so you got to know yourself. And then there's that also exchange of when you're being intimate with someone. There's a ton of energy exchange, right? And, and you're just throwing that around. I mean, like no, like I want to feel safe. That's right? why I say I think it would be Women exhausting. Women feel safe. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but men, hey, y'all program totally different. So I'm just like, hey, whatever, go out, be the animal. I don't, I don't get it. Don't I, I think the young it. man is. I think his fantasy is that. But I think as you get older, you realize that's that's a that's literally a fantasy. It doesn't work out. But I want to rope us into the idea, the conversation that my brother and I had, and then Matt, you had said I, I had understood this. Jordan Peterson had said, back. This is more so. Let's get more so into like dating and marriage now, off of sex. What was it? The correlation. I'm trying to explain it for someone listening. Um, men date up and over. They date. Okay, so everybody comes from a certain yeah, economic the, class. Yeah, women date, right? Okay, so everybody comes right. from a socioeconomic class, and we all know everybody has a one to ten scale of how hot you are. I mean, we could. We're not PCing this, right? This is life. That's right. So Solid explain it to 5. me, Matt. Explain it to us. Uh, so he said that men tend to, if you look at successful relationships that men will date and choose their partner uh, on the same level as themselves or below, and that women will choose their partners on the same level or above. Wait, above but, and below based on what criteria? So economical, uh, a, a myriad of factors. Yeah, so you, you were vague on that. you gotta, you got to divide that out yeah. because there's looks and there's economics, and uh, those are two I, really I, different and, things. And women will throw in their – well, I want to throw in their brains. Like for the my most important thing to keep me there is is – intelligence or brains or that and I curious that, conversation. that line that is sideways or up or down is actually like an average of all of that. So say it again. Now, men will date. 
the same, which is socioeconomics, or even down in socioeconomics for the exchange of looks. Is that? I'll, right? I'll, Russell, I'll say what I clear, think. Clear it up, Russell. I think women. Okay, so the definition the in evolutionary biology, hypergamy is the term for women, uh, not regarding looks, date across and up only. They don't ever want to date someone that is economically lesser than them. A woman. Women will okay. choose their mate based on that. Men throw the economics out the window and couldn't care less if they have a master's degree with a high-paying job. They just care about looks. And, you know, like, uh, are they a complete bitch? Yeah. But, see, I think at some point around the, the dinner table, when things have calmed down a few years later, um, there's a reason that that person is that successful. And if she is extremely successful and he's just – a, a pot smoker and plays video games. I think there's going to be some issues. Yeah, unless yeah. they're um, they, they, they you know some of them want to wear the pants. Well, she wants stimulate. Most people in, in that level want some mental stimulation. And that goes against hypergamy. That's a you know so. Well, I, yeah, I don't. Sorry, people listening at home, we didn't make these lines very clear. But if we had a whiteboard, which we did at the time, Matt, you drew it out for me. It was very clear. So I'm still trying to picture it. Women date. Socioeconomically, the same. Let, let me give you some oh, they examples. Don't care about the look. So, well, forget, forget about what they're doing. Like, let's say they're too young to even have a job. They're in college. They don't like. They they're, base it on how they were raised. So, if they were raised yeah. middle class and they're in college, let's say they're in college and they're twenty years old, a girl. They don't have like their own economic class. They're just basing it on what they were raised with their parents. Right. So they're middle class. A 21 or 22 year old janitor at the college that they go to approaches them for a date. Well, they're like, well, you didn't even, you didn't go to college. Look, you're working as a janitor and you don't, you're not going to go to college. So you're below my economic, they're not attracted to the janitor. They don't want to date the janitor. Some do, but, but we're talking about success. There's an exception to this minimum wage rule I've found. And that is that if you work the door to bar at minimum wage, well, then that's okay. That would be attracted to the door guy. Russell, but that'd be, Russell that, did do his spat at, as the door guy when he this was in college. Is, this, is, this, is, this is because of uh, there's some social status when you're at the door of a bar because you're getting to pick and choose who gets to come in. Of so that, that's, that makes up for uh, life as a card. That game. puts that's you above the janitor. That's actually yeah. modern wisdom. Your guy that you we both listened to, his podcast. What's he, that? Well, he got his fame because he was in the bar industry. I mean, not his fame, but one of his major identity branding is... Yeah, no, seriously, I, no, he, I did, he has clout I did because work, he was like the bouncer type guy of London. I worked a bar, I worked a door at a bar, and I literally made, I don't know, it wasn't quite minimum wage, close enough. I made minimum wage in Texas, which is nothing, and they were like, uh, I was like, what, you, I, this job, like, it sucks, like, this is nothing, like, but you, somehow I was more, I was something in the town, letting people in this bar, you're nodding, because it's like... But like I guess I guess you know the girls. This was in a college town. Girls would get a little bit older, probably wise up. But like yeah, that's a shit. Well, you're starting to be a civil engineer, but you know. Okay, so that's interesting. But yeah, I actually. So I'll say this too. I prefer to date good-looking men. I'm working on manifesting well, one. But at the same time, I've dated men that, by standard and book, people like I remember I dated one guy. I really enjoyed like kissing him, and I'm a very PDA person, holding hands, etc. In public. And people would do double takes because they couldn't believe, well, a girl of my beauty was with this type of guy. But like, this is right, right in the middle when I was modeling and stuff. And I'd always have my hair done up real nice and everything. People couldn't understand it. I liked it. I would actually like to defend like the gold digger and hypergamy in general. And that is because 
like if I if you're a guy that's achieved high success and a girl wants to date you because of that, that says more about who you are as a person than a guy wanting to date a girl just because she's hot. Which one's worse? Or which one are you saying? Well, you're, the guy that made something of himself at least like is less superficial. Like that has more about who he is. He's bringing value. Just as a person, he's bringing value to the world, which is why he's wealthy in the first place. But like a guy that wants to date a girl just because she's hot, in my mind, is worse than the gold digger because <laughs> sure. yeah. it's just like you're, it's all superficial. They just want to they just want to date them because they're attractive physically and no other reason. That's worse. Than a gold digger that wants to date, a, but no one ever. You never hear that. You never hear, like you hear, shaming. The term gold digger is derogatory. It's not a positive thing. No one wants to be called a gold digger, right? But you never hear a derogatory term for a dude that only dates girls based on looks that are attractive. But only. I think I think you have two types of gold diggers. I mean, I, I actually know some gold diggers, and uh, some of the gold diggers just want a bunch of crap. They want a guy that is just going to give them the car and the clothes and the house and the trips. And then there's other women that look at it and say, hey, uh, that gold digger is going to keep me mentally stimulated. He's going to provide for an exciting life. Like they're a little bit deeper. Well, one's playing the short game. One's yeah, that, and game. that's right. One's a short game, one's a long. But I agree with you. I think there's more respect to that than a guy that just wants like the latest sex doll basically that's uh, – biologically advanced but you, you don't even have a derogatory term for the dude that just wants the attractive woman there's not che. it's like completely I think it's okay it's natural selection across the board not just in humans but maybe even animals i don't know so i'm pro gold digger yeah <laughs> wait now you mean you're pro i think that you gotta I've set yourself up to attract if i were a female i would unapologetically filter the men i date Based on how successful they are. Well, we kind of already do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> right, oh but the, no, I said unapologetically. Like they, they, they like hide the fact You're that right. they do that. They're like, it's not because he has a Ferrari. Like they'll deny, <laughs> right? You know, it's well. You know, I think sometimes we give those terms like Ferrari. Like that's a bad example. The other day, Matt and I were doing just like, um, I guess you'd say like uh, accountability buddy coaching and life coaching together, and he had asked me. Um, about the type of guy I want to date. And I was telling him, but what I was describing, obviously ambitious was the most important, but I said extreme amounts of wealth, not only because it'll help me fund a lot of my television shows that are going to change the world, but uh, it was because I was explaining to him, it's not for like the dumb little things like we ride a Ferrari. It's about the access in life. Like you're going to be able to go and enjoy things in circles and places and things that doesn't, doesn't come with a, uh, uh, the kind of lifestyle I get when I live here in Columbus with 3,000 people. You know? I mean, we can go to Dairy Cone only so many times. Well, I'm mean, actually, no offense, guys. I love Dairy Cone. Love Dairy Cone. It's pretty good. But I, it's just not, I can't do it for the rest of my life. You laughed. I didn't laugh. I, I said. I was being, you know. I was like, yeah. No problem. But I did tell you, actually, I want to I mean, go back. I don't think like I that wanna, at all. But, but I want to go back to that comment I said about help me fund a lot of my television shows. I did actually say in that session, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't do that until I've already had established television shows on networks by my own means. Like already made deals with television people on my own means as a television producer. It would just feel icky if I took. Yeah. That's, that's, money first. that's the first thing I thought, but I know who you are. So I know you don't mean it like that, but yeah, I'm Russell. Right. I need to be, unapologetically so if you're a woman wait at the finish line and see who wins the race before 
locking down a partner. Well, that's instead of just instead of just running the race, getting married young. You know, you don't want to wait too long, but wait, wait at the finish line and see who's going to win that race, and go ahead and lock down the winner. The life race, or the, the life slash wealth slash success slash happiness. Wait till know. the thirty-five forty finish uh, mark. For right? being a spiritual person, well, we're having a very materialistic conversation. <laughs> the only way to do that, I mean, you could uh, go. Yeah, you could be younger. Yeah, I mean, give it ten years, whatever. You could be ten years younger than because you're you're at the finish line. You know, so you're waiting to see who's going to win it. Because I mean, if you if you're in college, to say, and you get married really young, like, you know, you're still in the race. Yeah, you know, that's right. You know, so you got to see. I'm I'm being sarcastic, and uh, you know, and a lot of guys are upset that women will some women will will wait at the finish line and uh, and see who wins the race rather than like uh, see someone's and see someone's potential pick them for their guitar song yeah i mean say all right you, i believe in you you're going to make it and we're going to build you know going to be Disney. we're going to make it yeah we're going to be the underdogs and we're going to make it but i think that the guys should look at that and say hey, that's incentive to get off your butt get a dream get a plan take action and then if that one fails have three more you want to do yeah, keep moving keep you going. don't stop yeah. y'all want to get me going on my yeah. accountability talk no well wrap it up <laughs> Well, I, I could take issue with you about you and your success, uh, your pro-success stance. Uh, I don't know. What do you mean? Well, I mean, so you speak as though it's assumed that being successful is a good thing. But, like, do you have an example of a – like, we build statues of human beings. Do you have statues – like, have we built any statues of successful people? Aren't they all shakers and bakers? I mean, what, did we build statues of losers? I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> they all well, change get, history. Well, yeah. do you have one example of someone who we built a statue of that's successful? Uh, can't don't uh, have to look far. Washington, Abraham well, Lincoln. Well, let me stop you there. Those are the types of statues we tear down these days. We don't. Build <laughs> oh, those. here you go again with your goofball spinning the side. I, I, I see what you're doing. There. The one of the, the the last statue we built was one of George Floyd, who was a victim of police brutality. And lightning Not, struck it and burned it up. Did you see that? It's still there, though. Oh. So you want to be a victim, not someone who's successful. If you want a statue built. Uh, okay. Oh, you know, I heard a good thing about victim mentality the other day, which being by choosing to be, this is from uh, Louise Hay, by choosing, to, or not by choosing, but the minute you take on the identity of a victim, it creates, isol- it, it immediately isolates you, and it, the and only place it power. can go is fear. And there's only fear and love, right? We're all coming and going from two different places. In the end, it's either fear or love. And so I really let that sink in with me. The minute you choose to be a victim, it's immediately isolating you. Mm-hmm. So it takes all your power away, and, and then you turn to fear. So I don't know. Just There's a lot of power in knowing that. Um, speaking of which, I can segue us into that cool clip I played, Russell. Just a, just a little small tidbit, 60-second second reel of um, some spiritual stuff. I'd love to hear y'all, uh, Jennifer and Matt's thoughts on after listening. Is it legal to play that one? It's okay because they drop an F-bomb in this. You said forgiveness is your superpower, and I want you to crystallize that because I think it's so critical that people really grasp why it's so important to forgive. There's been so much study on forgiveness. A University of Utrecht in Amsterdam found that when you forgive, you can jump higher. Uh, An Israeli study found that forgiveness leads to higher... Better, better endurance. Studies have shown that forgiveness can cure back pain, help you sleep better, make you less depressed, uh, help heal insomnia, make you more loving, make you give you greater self-esteem. It's crazy. It's a miracle drug. 
you can't package it and sell it. And uh, so we don't hear about it much because, you know, the pharmaceutical lobby is massive. A forgiveness lobby, not so big. But forgiveness, if you learn to deploy it, and there is a modality to do it, it's typically done at the alpha level of mind where you can mm. reprogram beliefs. If you can do that well, you get to a wonderful state of being, which I call be becoming unfuckwithable. It's my most favorite word that you share. And becoming unfuckwithable simply means that that no one can really truly harm you, hurt you, get in your way because you are not affected by criticism. You 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 are able to readily forgive. It it puts you in a peaceful state of beingness where you hold no ill will towards anyone. You have a degree of understanding when something goes wrong rather than condemnation. Okay, before y'all say anything, I do have to give a shout out to my friend Erica. She lives in Los Angeles, and that's from her podcast, Passion Love Pursuit Podcast. I actually listen to quite a lot of her episodes. She's awesome. Check her out. Thank you for sharing that with us, Erica. All right. Sorry, I should have did that at the beginning. Well, I, I know what I want to say, but Jennifer, why don't you go first? No, you go first. Are you sure? I'm still getting my thoughts together. Okay. All right. Well, I had an example. Um, I, I, first of all, I'll say I believe I agree with him 100%. Because uh, my most successful Russell, my most successful year uh, monetarily, started off by being uh, boned financially by two guys. One one took $20,000 from me and didn't deliver a, a bit of product and walked away. And another one was uh, a group of shysters that took a bunch of metal from me, stole it, and uh, I mean the value of that, I don't know, $20,000, $30,000, whatever it was. But what's interesting, initially I had the this, the response that any normal person I would think would have, you know, mad, anger. But what's funny is it didn't take long. I've always said throughout my life I felt like there was a hand on my shoulder that, that is very powerful. It knows where to go. And it guided me. I felt it. Um, I had compassion on them, believe it or not. I, I thought about the people that robbed me. And I thought, wow, I would not want to be in their shoes, not because they were robbing, but because the life is so sad that you have to steal, that you have to steal from somebody to get your wealth. And the other guy uh, that just took my money and developed, I mean, provided nothing, you know, he's missing out on some of the greatest rewards in life, which is actually producing something like you, you feel really satisfied when you get paid for a, a fair wage for solving a problem or providing a service or something like that. And I thought I, that's just icky and gross. I don't want to be with them. I actually said prayers for them, forgave them completely. And I heard this in my head, this thought, which was, relax. This pales in comparison to what you're about to receive. It pales in comparison to what you're about to receive. It's like crumbs. It's not even crumbs. And that year turned out to be uh, very much the case where what they stole from me was inconsequential to what I made. And not only that, but they didn't steal my time or my day or my spirit because I just gave it up. And it's free. I find a lot of power instead of trying to hold things to let them go. So, uh, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Could you jump higher? Uh, you know, I'm not much of a jumper. Well, hang on. Um, yes, but he didn't know he could because he hadn't watched that yet. Right, yeah. I, did, I didn't measure my jumping <laughs> skills. Uh, I, I have been, you know, since my spina bifida uh, 10 years or, geez, what, 2008, been a while, uh, I've, I've been trying to run. And I've been running faster, but I, I don't know that it has anything to do with forgiving them. But but I run better. Okay. <laughs> um, I agree with what was said because I feel like for the most part I'm 
pretty good at forgiving people without an apology because I don't, it's not worth my time to dwell on things that somebody has done to me unless I've had enough. And then I just have had enough, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you can only tolerate so much, but I do agree because if you are in, if you are dwelling on whatever they did to you, that's always on you. That weight is on you and not on them because they don't care. Mm -hmm. So all that weight is on you. So if you are not forgiving for all these little things, it's going to weigh you down. It's going to be in your mind all the time. You're going to lose sleep. You're going to not sleep well. So he said something about back pain. (laughs) Yeah. If you're, if you didn't sleep good, you probably have back pain. I mean, your muscles are probably all tense, Right. right? So. Yeah. I like the unfuckable with shoot. Sorry guys. I don't, Try not to cuss too much on this, but that well, was a pretty good word, right? Yeah, it's kind of blended. I mean, it really made sense because you've completely released yourself from giving a crud about what these people who obviously, like you mentioned, Jenner, aren't in alignment with you. Like, you don't need to try to change them. They're obviously not going in your direction, and you got to be okay with that. And I think that's my what I've suffered I, from. I, I want to say I something. want people to like me so bad, I'll do anything, and I lose my identity. I had the spirit moving on me just now. Share it with us, man. Okay. Well, uh, when you said that, damn, forgot it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> that's like what I did twice in here. <laughs> no, when when you forgive those people, I think it really lets you focus on yourself. And I don't mean in a selfish way. I mean in a growth way because you get what you think about. I always say that, and I really believe it. And just like you said, Jennifer, if uh, if you're sitting there thinking about them and the trouble and the turmoil, what are you going to get in life? More trouble, more turmoil. You're gonna you're gonna walk and stub your toe and be like, ah, it always happens to me. And somebody, the door is going to be closed when you get there. Ah, I just knew it was going to happen that way. You're you're in this funk, negative. It's like a it's like you spiritually farted, and and there's no way to air it out. So you're walking in this green cloud of spirit fart, right? So you need to let that out. And then you can focus on yourself because I've I've told people this before, and I I stand by it 100%. The only way forward is within, and I think I saw that written somewhere, but that's a lot to unpack, that statement. The only way forward is within. You really need to be analyzing yourself. And anytime, and Beth, you're wonderful for me for this. It's like training day every day with you because uh, for those that don't know, Beth is a high-quality individual. And, and holds everyone to a, uh, an impossible standard, which is awesome. You should get a friend like that because you'll never measure up to that friend. You never will. Is she your accountability buddy? She's beyond that. I mean, yeah, she's I like mean, a fortress. We are actually accountability buddies by standard, but but um, by, na- by nature, I come from a critical family. My brother would be probably just as harsh on you. My, my nature him. is loving and kind, and it's I want to okay. build up. It's okay. But but Beth is definitely why, – why'd you put that on? Why, why'd you pick that chair? Why, why, why'd you color it that color? Why'd you do it this way? And it's like – but you know what's excellent? Because what I'm learning to do is still see her for who she is but tune all of that out. And it, it's unbelievable uh, exercise emotionally and spiritually to just let it be transient and just flow right through you. And it's almost like you receive this godlike power. So you she taught you how to filter out – What's, what what you should take and what you shouldn't take, even when it's from people you care. Yeah, I mean, I get it because I do. F- sometimes I give too much muck, and I and I. It's nice to hear that he could let it go through it straight through him. But then sometimes he gives me kudos, like, yeah, that is very logical. That would save me time. And oh, money. I listen to everything, and it would be it would look better your way. But that's the problem is like I could look at that and go, okay, well, that's me needing to be right. Why do and that? So Matt and I have this thing. It's ongoing. It's going to change my life, guys at home. It'll change your life. Do you want to be right or rich? 
Well, sadly, a lot of the time I want to be right. But every time you want to be right, that's not coming from your highest self, right? That's coming from wanting to be heard, validated for many different reasons in our lives that we weren't before. We want to, we, we still need that somewhere sitting in our body. We want to be heard. So I always tell Matt, why didn't you say right or rich? So we'll, he'll, we try to always remind yourself, you want to be right or rich, right or rich. Cause I know I want to be rich. And the reason you're going to be rich is because you're attracting all the abundance that life's going to give you when you're on that right frame of mind and you're not criticizing. Anytime you criticize anything, you're actually bringing more of that to you. And um, anyway, you know, uh, just recently, for those that know, I love Abraham Hicks, but I recently just turned into Louise Hay. So it's just like the same exact teachings, except a little bit more clear. And that's kind of where, where those trains of thoughts are coming from. So you want to be right or rich? So that video, I was talking about forgiveness. I was wondering, like, is is there not another level where you don't even have to forgive because you never got offended to begin with. Yeah. Well, that's, that's yeah, what that's I was what thinking. I was like, that's for. the better level. Yeah, that's where you want to be. That's the next one. So, you want to try to get there because it's like, well, I was never mad to begin with. You're just out of my life. How hard is that, though? Because I guess going back to being, I hate to say it, like, I'm obviously not a good feminist, guys, because I'm, like, looking at Jennifer. I'm like, how hard is that, though? Because I physically feel things in my body, like, when I'm upset, right? And so I not only just, I know I can talk myself to mentally forgive, but, like, I need, or in the moment, right? Like, in the heat of the moment when the thing is happening, you feel it. And so for what Russell's saying is, you're so yogi-like, you're just so dang chill. And I look at Matt, you're like that a lot. That's that is the state you want to be in, which well, is Russell's describing, which is you don't even feel it in your body. You're just like whatever. I think yeah. it's different based on personalities. I really do. I think. I mean, if I ever got to the point where I didn't care about what you said and it didn't phase me at all, I've changed a lot, and I don't know that that would be all around a good thing. Because if you take that sensitivity away, you're taking that away from other parts of your life too, like rearing your children. Well, now that's a really good point because I, I get what she's or, saying. Like, I do. I get what you're if saying. If you come up to me, if Beth comes up to me and says, uh, "Matt, you know that color doesn't look good on, on your cabinets," I value her, and so I do feel that, like, oh man, I let her down. You know, I've got something going on here. But I think it's there's a filter. We're very dynamic creatures, and so you have a filter. I, I agree because if somebody walks up to you and they say something, you're like, "You don't even exist." That that's kind of like, "Well, I'm done with that person." I'll never be done with her. So when she says these things, there's a filter that comes through and I go, okay, is it true? Do I care? Can I fix it? And maybe I don't want to fix it and then process it and move it on and move it on and move it on and then get on with, if if it's true and I can fix it, then get on to work fixing it. And if it's not true, then just move on. And I think Russell, life is like climbing little mountains. When we are on the flat, you don't actually see the top of the mountain. You see the top of the first ridge. And when you get to that ridge, you see the top of the next ridge. And the truth is there is no pinnacle you get to. So the first step is being able to let that stuff transitory fly through you. The next step is what you said, which is you're not even offended in the first place. And I think the ridge beyond that, and I think there's endless ridges, but the ridge beyond that is you realize that you're a player on a stage and you're playing a part and this whole thing's a gas. Actually, um, well, I do want to bring us back to that story I told about the yogi on the boat. Like when Russell's saying like – you know, once you get to a level where someone can't offend you, then therefore you don't need to forgive. Well, I like that yogi that's meditating on a boat and he's in a state of bliss. And then another boat has the nerd to hit him and bring him out of his meditation. And he gets out of it and he's so angry and he opens his eyes and it's, and it's an empty boat that just blew into the, his boat. Well, that anger was inside of him the whole time. Right. So I actually think, and this is, and I come from a temple that had 12, uh, 12 monks in my, my church in L.A., so I got the, the benefit of knowing a lot of monks. 
and they're all still working through stuff, right? Like they they'll talk about it. So I mean, they're still having to learn to forgive. Obviously, it's a much less of degree than we do. Well, it, it seems like a no brainer. If you harbor resentment towards somebody, that's a burden you're carrying. You're actually losing twice because something bad happened to you, which is bad, and then now you harbor resentment, you lose again because that's like not good for you. So yeah, it's obvious forgiveness is the best thing. But do you guys know what a NPC is in a video game? I don't. I haven't played a video I, game. I could be wrong. Wolfenstein. I could be wrong about what it actually stands for. I think it's non-player character. But the idea is, when you played, what was what was a video game you played growing up? Wolfenstein. Okay, don't know that one. But there were probably <laughs> there were probably characters in it that weren't another player, like a human player. There right? was no other human player. I was like playing the computer. computer. Okay. So the computer is NPCs, but like when you get into, um, let's say you're playing Mario Kart in the race version, right? You you know that one? Yeah, you know yeah. that one. When you're racing, uh, you can rate you can play two player right and race with another human, or or you could just race with one player and race the computer, right? Yeah, that's what I did. Well, okay, so getting like the way I like to view it is, uh. I mean, it sounds really bad, but I just view a lot of people as NPCs, like especially in traffic. If somebody cuts me off, they're not even human. Like, and 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 yeah. who's and let's say let's take it even deeper. It's really like, scary though. Well, who's to say um, if this person actually, if you were to meet them and they are actually to tell you they don't think they have a soul? Like, who's to say they aren't an NPC? They're just a biological Earth suit. That doesn't have a soul. Oh, I've thought this before many times looking at traffic. I wonder, are they real or am I the center of the show? Like, what's that movie, The Truman Show, where the whole thing is a show about him? And I'm like, is that guy in that truck over there really real or is that part of the Matrix? You know, just like – and and as soon as they go over the horizon, they turn into a Corvette and come back the other way. But are some people uh, NPCs without a soul and some people have a soul? Oh, this is from the land of Nod. And – no, I'm just being real here. And that was real. And now we're we're raising babies in like bags, not well, not admittedly humans, but we we you know, we got a goat going on in a fake um womb, right? In a bag we're raising. So I mean I like no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, um we're basically he's talking about the technological advances of cloning and uh raising a babies so outside of a human body. Is that what you're talking you about? You don't need a birthing person to have a baby in mean a woman. That will second. No, no. That's, that's, that's actually our next topic, but keep going. Wrong. So you don't need a birthing person to have a woman anymore. You can have an artificial womb and raise a baby. So if you if you raise a, a test tube baby in this manner, do they have a soul? Or are they an NPC? And uh, yeah, so it anyway, you can go down a rabbit hole on if people are NPCs. But like, it's kind of judgmental because even if you don't have that viewpoint, you just think like, you just have this idea that I'm not going to punch down but you do have to view them as beneath you. Somebody cut you off in traffic is like, look, man, yeah. this guy's like, you know, you know I explained- he's got other problems, like, whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. get upset about it, right? Guys, for a further explanation of why people drive the way they do, visit my YouTube channel at Beth Hagendorf where I go over how to basically all the tips and tricks for, uh, dang it, I shouldn't have drank. I'm a beer and a half in. I can't remember how to t- describe it to you precisely but it's basically like six spiritual attributes you could find just by observing traffic and then i kind of explain to you why people are acting the way they do in traffic but it's really cool because you could just be like well how spiritually evolved am i and you look at it through driving and pull traffic. over and let people go you're more advanced for sure 
Oh, yeah. Like the road is plenty open. So do you see the light, abundance or scarcity mentality? You're like, no, you can go ahead. Yeah. Get in front of me. Right. So you're basically saying, I believe the world's abundant. Yeah. I'm not in a scarcity mentality right now. Right. But yeah, yeah. But thanks for bringing that up, Russell, because I love segueing and plugging my spiritual YouTube channel, uh, Spirituality Explained for the Average Show. While I'm doing commercials, sorry, guys, uh, please take a look at my shirt. It uh, says, I support the current thing. And it has a virtue signaling tower with a hero on it. Well, hang on. What's Matt got going on? Oh, okay. Matt, say something so the camera goes to you. Oh, well, I'm wearing the same thing. It says, uh, I support the current thing. And we got this white dude nerd that... uh yeah, I actually had to work really hard to get the face to look nerdy. I'm glad you called him a nerd. Yeah, he is. He's um, six foot four, though. We didn't plan to be matching, but uh, it, you can go to Beth.tv for cool retro merch, usually spiritual-based or a little bit of our podcasty vibe, explosives and p- uncorrectly PC stuff. But you mainly want to stream Satoshis to oh. Quantum Bombs because we're Satoshi sat counters around here. Yeah, and it's... And we like getting ice creams, and they're about a buck fifty a piece. So if you guys yeah, give us an ice cream, stream us Satoshi's on any of the uh, podcasting apps that you could do that. We really appreciate it. We uh, went through so much. I mean, I'd like to do a behind the scenes video of our studio and our equipment. And I'm going to stop calling it studio. To be uh, politically correct, it's now a, a museum. Yeah. But more for that later. I did want to look up and tell you when y'all were talking about like. When do you give criticism or not? I had a good acronym from a book that I'm reading right now, and I can't find it. So I'm going to do it on the next podcast. But I did quickly, if it's okay, I'll segue us into something. I, I guess I was trying to think of current events to talk about that kind of were interesting. And obviously after like one of the politicians, um, I forget who, but y'all all know who it is if you're watching the news. They were debating uh, in court or in you know political session about um, – he mentioned – can a can a man get pregnant, right? And then she said, "Well, by you saying that, you're being violent or whatever." So I just wanted to comment on that, like men being pregnant. Well, I skipped. And I I skipped the headline when I I listed off a couple of things. I skipped one directly related to this. Okay. Uh, well, I could we could play the clip, but I know y'all know what I'm talking about. So, and I just wanted to what I, well, I mean. I guess I want to state my case and hear what y'all think. The headline from. I think it was Disclosed TV. Is sex is not limited to being male or female. World Health Organization. Says. Oh boy! Oh, the, so the WHO. Who? So yeah, I mean that's kind of like the scary part of what I'm thinking. They haven't actually, already lost all credibility. Well, well like, no, that actually they don't eat now. They don't know what a woman is. So actually, the point I want to make, ironically, without knowing that that headline existed, it kind of like perfectly puts the cherry on top. What I wanted to say was, okay, so why are we saying men can get pregnant? Because everybody on the planet Earth knows they can't. And and the reason is, is because we want to be kind to people and not hurt their feelings. So I get that. But we're not actually talking about that's the reason why. Uh, that lady went as far as to say, by you saying that, you you could be causing violence towards them, I guess, because you're denying something we know that isn't possible anyways. Everybody on planet Earth knows it's not physically possible, but I do understand you're trying to protect a very small, a small group of people that want to think they can get pregnant. Okay. But the reason I was telling Jennifer this today, the reason is important is because if you go to George Orwell's 1984, where there's this world that there is a truth police and there is there's no truth or right or wrong left, right? They're living in a dystopia where the, there's three world governments. The governments tell you what to think. There There is absolutely no freedom left. Sorry, guys. Man, I really – I'm on beer number two and I'm like – Are you doing I'm good? Hurting. Keep rolling. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're describing our government or a bad, abusive relationship. But it's, sorry. Yeah. So, it, 
y'all know, but for those, the, mo- the most important thing about 1984 is the government can tell you what is true. There's a ministry of truth and there's things called like double take and yeah, all these things, but there is no, the things that are real aren't real and you can't say how things are. So the this road, basically the men can be pregnant and then everything that can come after that, right? Because if men can be pregnant, then many other things. Like, I actually do think the, 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 what are those things called? The furries, the people that, fur, yeah. will, okay, you, that's wow. coming next because there are a large, larger portion of people, much larger population of people that believe they're, they're cats and dogs. And I've even heard as far as elementary schools are even accommodating children who think they're furries and giving them places to fake pee on, like if you were a dog or a cat. So, anyways, I don't want to get off on the furry tangent. Love, okay. Oh, so, furry? But, that sounds juicy. But, well, you but, have but, to. But, hold on. Let me just make my point, and then you could say, because I, I, I want to actually put this all together. So, Jesus. Man. Where are the aliens? I'm ready to go. So, okay. But it's a slippery slope. So, all I'm saying is, I love everybody, right? Like, trans people, I'm sorry. You can think whatever you want. It makes, But the minute the actual facts of the matter and the people like how we view the world changes and we make all these changes. Now, literally everything is possible and there is no truth just like 1984. So there is a very easy path that George Orwell has shown us that we are literally taking. And then now Russell. And so I guess I'm saying, while I care for your feelings, I really do. Like I actually, I'm a people pleaser. So I, sadly I'm very empathetic instead of caring more about my well-being. But so I care to please people, but I actually can look at genocide and oppression and and governments which is the number one killer of human beings is democide and I take that much more seriously. So yeah, I'm with like 95% of the planet when I think men getting pregnant is ridiculous. <laughs> and it's it's funny now what Russell's pointing out is the World Health Organization and all the bigs, right, for the great reset are now saying men can get pregnant. And next, the furries really will be real. You know, Matt, you're a cat if well, you want to be. You, you first have to invert the truth. And if you can invert the truth, and that is that men can have, like, just something as obvious as men can have babies, well, then anything goes after that. Uh, you need a, try you need a Matt's puppy already pad. changed into a furry. Sorry, I'm just realizing, man, I, sh- I don't know if I should drink on podcasts. How long did I rant for? Oh, that was way too long, but I'm because I was I'm worried I gave Matt a, a short meter and I might have passed my own short meter. That's fine. I'm not like that. Right. Go ahead. Well, what do you okay? So let's talk about I it. Forgive. That's fun. Men getting pregnant. This is the what did y'all think when y'all saw that video of the lady saying, like, this is our government saying that we should accept this as truth? I, you know, they if, don't even if have you the think parts. Of, if you think about places that have uh problems just getting food or whatever, uh, they're making their men can't get pregnant. You know, wait. Repeat that. If you if places where do places in the world right now where Ukraine. they have they have okay Ukraine is uh, they pretty, got a war they they have a special military operation going on um, you you know in their country and so they don't they're not arguing if men can get pregnant if they you go if you that. go there if you go there and make that statement you just get laughed at yeah right. and then they're so, just gonna hand you a gun or but. Or, <laughs> true you're right they have a lot more better priorities right now than men getting pregnant or not <laughs> well i look at it like this if if you if you are doing a task and somebody is causing a commotion off to the side it's bizarre they're pouring coffee all over their head you, you might look at it for a little bit and say what what the hell is wrong with that person but you, you will go back to your task at some point you're like well that's a distraction and you go back to task so my advice is stay on task build wealth 
secure your families and uh, call it for what it is. And I said, well, ago, mental masturbation, that's what it is. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Well, and most people know that. Just like you said, perfect. 95% it's of people design. know that. I do think it is by design. There's a lot oh, of it absolutely behind, by the, design. behind the curtain. But of don't pause. give it the power. Don't give it the power. Because the more we talk about it, the, I, 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 I love everybody just like you do. But you want to come in here and start talking about men getting pregnant. And I'm like, guys, you make your life about that. How about you make it about studying art, uh, psychology, soci- that's a good one for psychology, uh, science, chemistry, physics. Let, let's move on with the things that push mankind forward, not our hands in our pants. Is that a ball or a shaft? What is that? I yeah, mean, we have come to a weird spot where we talk about our sexuality so much. I'm like, gee. That's exactly what kids do. When they get bored, they put their hand on their pants. And we're doing it as a society because what he said is right. We don't have a war to fight right now. Because if there was aliens landing or somebody invading, which one the aliens might be the good yep. guys. Aliens are the good, good guys. guys. We established right. that in episode one. Please all watch. Right, all right. Whatever. So I, I, you just come out to my camp and y'all can commune with them, but it's twenty nine ninety five an hour. Come on out. Um, so my, I don't care what the hell aliens are. Impresariocamp.com. Yeah. Episode eight is planned to be uh, summoning those guys in West Texas. Yeah. So, but my, my point is uh, – Stay. The, I don't know what the hell my point is. Your, your your shit that flew across the table when you laughed just then threw me off. Oh, so sorry. Is that one of my sunflower seeds? <laughs> Beth thought it would. I was like, oh. So Look, I never have seen Beth do sunflower seeds. Maybe like ten years ago, I saw her doing it. She decided to bust them out on a podcast. Yeah, like, like somehow that's did. somehow it's a good time to bust. They're out delicious, and they're only like 150 calories, and it's a source of saturated fat. It's the time. Man, it's the podcast. Southern. That's the odd time. Like, get that dip yeah. going. It's like. I'm enjoying really well. myself, you know? You're doing really but, well on talking and eating something. Actually, I'll say that. I haven't even noticed you had food in your mouth. Oh, there's times I'm like, oh, that definitely sounds like I have food in my mouth. Okay. Jennifer, what do you think about men getting pregnant? I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so well, how was pregnancy, Jennifer? What do you think about our government? I don't want to be pregnant enforcing, again. <laughs> or what do you think about governments across the world? Because recently in Norway, they are now um, sending a lady possibly to jail for three days because she spoke out about um Things like this. Oh my! God. So what? Do you, no, you say what? we're not allowing us to have freedom of speech and have our own opinions, other than the opinions they want us to have. Yeah, but wait, wait, hold on a second. She's going to jail for saying three days. That, yeah. that's insane. Um, she so she's actually a liberal and she's a feminist. But when they needed her to say, uh, I think it was probably this. I'm not gonna. You know, had some beers. Not gonna bet the horse on it, but it was something along the lines of men getting pregnant or something impossible with this stuff. I think it was men getting pregnant. She just she was like, "This is enough, guys. Like, this isn't true." And she made it like her goal to to, to speak out ag- and against it. And that's when they said, you're, "That's hate speech, and you're going to prison for." That's it. the charge. This is in Norway too. Simply saying it's not true. This is, I think one of the richest Western countries of all time. I will be going there in about three weeks. Oslo, here I come. No, I don't, don't know I don't if it's the richest, there. but they are the most expensive for sure. Oh, great! Thank God. I'm and rights too. Days. They charge a lot for freedom, apparently. Yeah. Oh shoot! There is no freedom. I mean, if you, I actually think. I mean, I get what she's. She's actually funny thing. She's a feminist, so she's on the left, guys. She's not a bad person. She's just stating what everybody already knows. What? Okay, look, I'm bad with my female parts, but like the baby sits in something and it comes out of something. Men don't have that. It's in a uterus. Yeah, they don't have a uterus. I'm sorry. No, they also don't have ovaries that created the egg to be fertilized. Jennifer has three wonderful children. <laughs> She I stole this. the sunflower seeds that time. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm having too much fun. Yeah, I have three children that were that all came out of your uterus. Yeah, and they stuff. were giant. Yeah, yeah. So this this is why you know we spoke about this in the past, but 
This is why I was saying hate speech is the only speech that needs to be protected because Absolutely. look, they're just going to define whatever is hate speech. Like in polite speech doesn't need to be protected. No one's mad about it. Right. But you know, saying uh, men can't get pregnant, if, you know, if that's hate speech, now that's a crime. Like, it's we actually get violent, rid- Russell. According to literally in our House of Government, she was saying you you're causing violence. Like that is a violent statement. Yeah. So that that. Not just true. In America, like, uh, similar logic has been applied when uh, the 2020 riots were going on. Like, they're, uh, if you're silent, you're violent. Oh, yeah. Like, this, like they're burning stuff down. They're being actual violent in the physical realm. But you yeah. Gandhi's but if, out But if there. you haven't posted something on Instagram, the you're Black the Square. one being violent. Hey, that's yeah. why I stand with the current the Black thing, Squ- Beth yeah. TV. Yeah. Oh, you're safe I, yeah. with that shirt. I stand with the current thing as well. We posted the Black Square. Whatever. And now I have a Ukraine flag in my profile pictures, just so y'all know. And rainbow uh, border. Yeah. We stand with the current thing. Whatever. Well, Ukraine, I don't think they've legalized gay marriage. Yeah, oh. actually. So my brother used to live in Ukraine. I visited him there. It is actually, I did find it ironic that the left took up so much love with Ukraine immediately because it's like... What about the Muslims? It's so far backwards. Like, it's, they're actually like, their diversity is like lacking. They're just real conservative in that regard. They're like America 50 years ago. Hey, I'd like to say something I see happening with all this insanity. We're talking about men getting pregnant. I've got some friends that were extremely liberal by standards four or five years ago that are wearing frigging Trump hats, man. And and they told me, they said that uh, the left has moved so far left that they're actually closer to the right now. It's not that they moved. They still think the same way. It's just that they they can't have conversations without being beat up by these super woke people that they're like, hey, man, that you guys are going too way too far. Well, I, I think most people on the left. I don't think you're going along with this. A lot of this stuff. I don't think yeah, so I mean, either. I get agree. pregnant. They're not. They're you know. They're embarrassed. Well, they actually never define why. Well, at least that one lady on this video I'm talking about did. But they very rarely define why. Why can? Why are we saying something we know isn't true? And it's because they're trying to say, for the few people out there that are transgendered, and then even them, they're like, "Hey, don't put me in that basket. I'm not that crazy." Well, there's a few of them that think that they'd like to be, and. Uh, pretend that they're pregnant those are the people who are trying not to hurt their feelings but when did we ever make laws and rules about language about hurting people's feelings like this is totally new hate speech laws oh well, that's what i was going to say thank you you reminded me that my friend had said do you remember when we used to laugh and watch jerry springer when we were kids and they would have like the kkk up there and they'd get in these big brawls they'd throw chairs at each other and then you'd have like uh, the black panthers and the neo-nazis and they'd be slinging it out on stage right and I said, yeah, you know, we couldn't even have that anymore, but we need to because we as the population look at it and we go, well, that's two extremes. And, okay, of course the Nazis are crazy, and of course the KKK is bad, but we let them talk so we could see how crazy they yeah, were. Yeah, how stupid they were. But now it's like you can't – you can only have one narrative. Anything else is hate speech, and that's a really dangerous slope to slide into because those Nazi guards that marched the Jews through the gate, they thought they were doing the right thing. They were the virtue signal. Yeah. You're getting rid of the Untermunchen, you know, whatever you call it, the under people. Yeah. So it's not the people that say, hey, I want to hear all sides. They're going to march anybody to a gas chamber. It's the one that says, I'm right. I'm 100% right, and you guys are all wrong. They're the ones that say, I'm vaccinated, and so should you. Yeah. Versus caring about actually letting you care about your individual health. And Pretty sure I got COVID right now. 
COVID nineteen. There, we're gonna get censored for that. It, yeah. You get censored for that. Still, no, I, just I thought might. that game was over. It was, no, I mean I feel like crap. I no, one just... of the headlines I disregarded. You know, amongst all the other ones I read was uh, the head of the CDC saying we are under vaccinated, and she had all these stats about how people haven't gotten their second and third boosters. <laughs> And like how that we need to go ahead and get our boosters? No, it's it's not over. And then not to mention like Biden saying we're going to have another pandemic. Uh, just knows actually I, that's a relative topic. Was it you? We've or got dad, another pandemic was, coming. Okay, coming. So my dad could be wrong, and sadly my dad doesn't listen to our podcast, so I could say this. He told me that the monkeypox is coming back, and that people are. Act- I said, Dad, no one cares about that because it's actually so only trans. It's weekend. only transmitted through gay sex, and obviously that's like doesn't account for most of the population. And he said, No, they're saying it another way. Is that true, or is that Dad just being Dad? And uh, have yeah, I thought straight? it was going to be a smallpox or a pox of some kind, and then like they keep saying, you know, I think they're just like nudge nudge, like we need to release need the. Are you of- like release that already out of that lab? You know, we need to get that other pandemic going. Midterms are coming. So oh, I don't what, know what it's actually said so to dad's point. He was saying you couldn't, they would have gone and turned off. They weren't going to allow the elections because of the monkeypox pandemic. Well, they got, Sorry, they got, Russell, they, totally got interrupted. they got something cooked up in a lab. You know that, right? So, um, I used to think it was a pox, and I think Gates was saying it was going to be a pox of some kind. Maybe he was even saying monkeypox. But I think at this point, if I had to guess, the next pandemic is going to be just another scary. Like we've got the ninja, aerosolized one, the ninja variant of the COVID. No, I think we're going to have like a an actual, an actual worse COVID. I mean, the, like one that actually kills more than one, one that you actually are afraid of. And uh, you know, if I had to guess, I don't know. I mean. But yeah, I mean they keep they keep hyping it up. We got to get we got to get lockdowns going. I think Germany is announcing mask again. We're coming. We're bringing it back for sure. You know, uh, I think I've just got it like three or four times to just roll with it. I get the flu every year. Look, COVID is the gift that keeps on giving to the I government. Like, why would they ever want to get rid of that? Like you know, yeah. it's like a dream to them. They get everything they want. The complete yeah. power. They run your life. They make all your decisions. When when you can go to work. When you can't go to work. When what the cover your face and or not you know and for those that were mean and judgmental all of the us on the other side of the fence saw you as german nazi people ready to march us into your camp yeah. well yeah in australia they're, they're like camps, our way yeah. or the highway yeah we yeah. actually get to build camps is great for them <laughs> yeah in australia they do have camps yeah when i went to hawaii they said well we have a a special holding room for you that you can sit in for five days it's like with you know four white walls and they're great that's welcome to hawaii Mm. Do you want to say why so people have to understand your context? Well, you, well, because you arrived in Hawaii. Yeah, I showed up in Hawaii. Well, I went to the. I did everything they said. I went to the hospital. I got the test. Waited on the results. Of course, the hospital didn't give me the results in time. So, got on the airplane and went. Explained to the people when I showed up. Said, "Look, we took the test. We're waiting on the results." Oh well, we don't. We're not going to accept those results. I said, "Well, not. Why not?" I went to the hospital. They said, no, they have to be in our plan. And I, I'm guarantee you there's a money exchange there. Oh, yeah, and they it's said, like the CVS Walgreens. Yes, they said, so tell you what you can do. You can hop on that airplane and go back to California, and you can go to a CVS and get their test, and we'll trust that. I said, well, if I go back, I'm not coming back. Wait, oh, when you said, well, fly to California? Yeah, yeah, I just got really off the plane from California. He says, you can fly back and take a test and then come back. I said, if I go back, I'm not coming back. He goes, well, that's fine. I mean, they don't care. And I said, uh, he said, or you can uh, – 
You can just go to your Airbnb. Well, you can't go to your Airbnb. They're probably not going to let you stay. I said, please call them. So he called them, and they said, yeah, we'll let them stay. And he goes, oh, wow, that's rare. Okay. So you can go to your Airbnb. You dirty American. And you have to check in. Well, what? Hawaii, sorry. We're all sorry. We're all, sorry. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> just felt foreign. Yeah. So uh, so we went there, and, and, you know, we quarantined there. But he said if, if they were to turn us down, they have they have rooms set up. And then every day we had to check in with them and let them know where, where we're at, and they were not gallivanting around going to a beach with nobody around look, you know? th- we gave up dude, look how the world changed i mean i okay forgive me my percentages aren't completely accurate but the kill rate of covid was somewhere around o n e percent right what's going to happen when it's worse i mean i don't know it's just it's just interesting to think about because we did give everything up was it that. even really one? Because I heard that the results that came out that said if you didn't have other stuff going on. Oh, of course. It's much it's less needed. than that. But I'm giving them for because, you know, I do want to respect the people that have passed or whatever, you know. But I think I felt like the way we reacted, it would have been at about 10 or 15 percent. The way we really did ruin yeah. small businesses still in California, Gavin Newsom has not lifted the rights for emergency well, protocol like we really ruin lives and we don't talk about that and more people die from burning fires in their houses than all of covid in the kind of globe so we don't give a crap did about anybody forget life. about new york city where they took the the infected ones and put them in the rest home is that even true i mean yeah, i heard yes, that is true. they pulled them out accident, put in infected yeah. people in there and yeah look at our death numbers they're it way was up. karma though he wrote a book about how great he was and but i mean it was a true accident he didn't intentionally do that like well i mean but it did happen under his oversight what were we gonna say, Russell? Well, I don't. I don't know what I was gonna say, but I'm skeptical that was intentional. I'll have to think about what I was gonna say. Oh no, sorry. Sometimes. What were we talking about before that? Man, I I'm not good being producer while drinking because like I had a perfect thing to like wrap up the before we wrapped up the show. I was not gonna segue. It was a good just little caveat of learning for everybody. Pfft, totally oh. went out the window. So I was just gonna say it looks like right now they're going really hard in the paint. The the Democrats are going hard in the paint to get mail-in only ballots going before the midterms this year. So we're going to have to, I mean, the mules that's November. Yeah. Well, have you seen, uh, yeah, we did. Two, we watched it. So Matt and I watched, uh, uh, Jennifer, have you seen 2000 mules? No. So just so everybody knows, well, we, Matt and I watched it. It was a cool way is, um, you know, Columbus, we live in a small town, 3000 people in Texas, some older people that oversee the voting in our, counties played it for us at the live oak art center and um, yeah and it was a good opportunity because they're not young millennials like ourselves that can just watch it and stream it over the internet it was for all the people that would <laughs> we actually never got together be and able. watched it so they played it for people that would never would be able to see it and um kind of i mean it's funny because um i've noticed the major social media outlets like the people that i do listen to even they didn't talk about it but um, it is pretty sad because it was it's a caught on tape, and um, we're still there's still people for January sixth that are in isolation in jail without a fair trial. But yet we know the name and address of there's over fifty thousand mules that moved over five ballots. They call it two thousand mules because those are people that moved. Well, I'm sorry, ten. They would go to ten different voting deposit boxes for these mail-in ballots a day to be considered one of the two thousand mules. They had to visit ten. On, on their trip, but there's over 54,000 of them that visited five in a day. So anyways, it's sad. We know the names of these people there. It's a, and it's on camera, some of them, and it's a clear felony. Like you can't deliver more than one ballot 
and they're caught shoving them in and they're falling out of the ballot ballot deposit box. But we don't have any interest in actually prosecuting them. And that so that's and the film as a TV producer, he lacked a call to action and he actually lacked good uh, graphics and animation. But anyway, all he had to do was say the hashtag needs to be like prosecute law. Like where's law behind our the, like we're not asking we're not saying that the election was spun. We're just asking for these people to be arrested because they put in well, even though we know that based on the math they did of the amount of ballots they muled. <laughs> yeah. Don't even do your job. It. Investigate this. Yeah, but but we're investigating citizens that just had to make the wrong choice that went to a rally that day that showed up and were garnered into the Capitol. And they're like, let's cool, let's go in oh, and did, take some selfies. Did you guys see AOC? Um, Gosh, she was on our side, she man. She said, what? Yeah, well, she was saying, like, what happened to the... Like, the cops waving them in? Yeah, yeah so yeah, she's, she's saying we need to investigate side. the cops because they're letting people in the building. Mm-hmm. Well, that's weird. Well, she yeah. was saying it was completely dropped. Like, So she's like, if we want real security, why don't even we get to find out there was literally cops put, you know, waving them in. Now, they saying that they were waving to the other cops to come help? That's what I would say. Actually, it sounds pretty good, like a great... <laughs> Excuse? But, yeah, exactly. But, but at the same time, there there's um, there's just no transparency in this legal standings that we're investigating with January 6th. They're leaving out a lot of it for all these undisclosed reasons. So AOC is actually saying what the obvious, like we should, there should be no sides, right? We're just people trying to get to the truth, right? And it's, it's nothing be. like that. All I know is I got a million Simone Bolivars here. Hey, well, yeah, to wrap things up, America is becoming a third world country where we uh, jail political opponents, basically. Yeah. I mean, I want to mention that again. When one of our friends crossed the Canadian border, um, the the border patrol said that they had scanned his license plate and he was on a list just for attending a Trump rally. And I thought... That's interesting. It doesn't matter what rally you're attending, whether we only have two political parties. Why are half on terrorist list? It's just like this. I said we're becoming. We we are a third world country. This is we don't follow laws. We just jail uh, people who attend political rallies. We're trying to jail Trump. Like he, we're trying to get him in jail. Mean when his tweets were literally black on white. That's what I love. We have tweets. They're black on white, and they're actually trying to debate if they incited violence. I'm like, read the tweet. Like literally, there's three tweets he tweeted on Twitter that taught him. Like, they're it's either yes he incited violence or he didn't. It's in his tweet. Well, they still don't know. And it's not. There's nothing there. The Second Amendment. So, but you know, when you say that we're a third world country, it actually made me think of all the immigrants that are trying to immigrate here, and it really made me sad because there's a lot of third world countries or even second world, first world, like friends of mine in other countries. That have spent twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars to become American citizens. That's gonna fall off. And meanwhile, we just dump on it, and then I think what I don't want to say this about border patrols. We we dump on like we don't understand the importance of a southern border. Like for the at least the Democrats don't like. Well, there's caring people across the world that want to bring their expertise. That's how you get in. Is right. You're applying to be, you know, become over here and be a doctor. You're coming to open up your little small coffee shop. Whatever. They're bringing, and they don't even get a chance because we've already flooded. Well, there's a there's a very specific reason when the Democrats took control, the borders became wide open, and you can just cross, and you're just getting basically you're getting waved in, like the uh, they're actually handing like giving you a hand. Yeah, the people we used to run just for get to the, the past, border, and you can live here. In. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's a reason. Well, we all know it, but I'm curious to hear your angle. 
Well, these are Democrat voters, and even if they don't vote Democrat, if they go to California, for example, just the census alone will give them more representation in the House, even if they don't vote, just them their oh. existence there. But, yeah, I mean, that's why... Okay, think about it like this. Like, if they were if they were known to be all Republican voters, do you think... They'd they be landmines. Right? <laughs> yeah, they'd be, like, actually enforcing the border. It's just a joke. It's just, like, such a shyster way to go about, like... Politics, like we're just, they're just pretending that it's about virtue and oh, helping yeah. people. Hey, are the kids still in the cages? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, not even worse than that. There's so much atrocities. The cartel, like, was it you that told me or somebody, like one of our Hispanic friends, like, I mean, people are going missing. The cartels are, they're well, holding you yeah. captive unless your family gives 10 grand to even release like, you to cross the border. It, it is so like, bad ar- right now. Around the time one of those shootings happened, like 30 people died in a semi-trailer locked inside due to heat, right? Yeah, I remember that. Really yeah. hot in here. I mean, yeah. we're not even talking about that. Like, thir- we're, we're just hyping up these shootings when, meanwhile, at the border, if you got the coyotes killing people in mass and semi-trailers, but we got to ignore that because we're just, we're just, yeah. yeah. And and the difference between the border crossings now and 10 years ago is that the cartel is the, the gatekeeper. And, and it's, I mean, it's absolute sad. It's, they're robbing you for your money, if not raping your women and children on the way here. Have y'all seen those Period. bands? They literally like banned them like animals, like bracelets. Yeah, like they paid the cartel $10,000 to pass. You can go. Like, like a there's carnival Ameri- ticket? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty bad. And that's actually, Russell, to that point, that is why uh, Uvalde wasn't so welcoming of Biden because he's ignored the border and the issue. And then now we have a school shooting and he shows up. Like, well, let, let's not end this podcast on oh, such a right. negative note. We're spiritual people. Let's, let's bring it up to what we can do, everybody. We know that after today's talk that the most powerful thing we can do for ourselves and ultimately our country is forgive, but then work on ourselves individually as cells in a body to all become healthy. So everybody out there, focus inward. It's the way forward. And take care of yourself. Thanks for ending it, Matt. Well, I'm drinking quantum bombs. <laughs> Sorry, Jennifer. I thought, well, she could get up, but it's not like you have a way to get out. No, I was.